Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, Episode 17. We are your favorite podcast for talking about hot dudes and the occasional chatter about soccer. The date of recording is October 3rd, 2018. Per usual, we'll be recapping this past weekend's league action, previewing upcoming league games, and we'll talk about the Champions League. Quick question, Donnie. Could you sound any less excited to be doing a podcast right now? That was such a... Uh, unfortunately, Eric, with our late podcasting hours, they interrupt my snack time, and I get a little cranky when I'm hungry. It's like that's well, no free ads. I'm not going to mention that candy bar, but it's like that commercial, you're not you when you're hungry. I'm very cranky when I haven't had my snacks, but I can't fucking eat my snacks, because apparently they'll make a noise. Well, hey, cranky's better than what you were giving us when you opened up. You were, yeah, this is uh, Own Goal Podcast, episode 17. I, you know, just, just a little life, you know? Let, let, let's dial it up a little bit, man. Also, right, buddy. Also, more, don't worry. More importantly, oh, don't, don't worry. I'm gonna dial the fuck. How the I'm hell? How the hell have we talked this long in the episode and not mentioned that Weston McKinney is the fucking god of soccer? Yeah, uh, eighth American to score in the Champions League. He did that today with a late winner for his club. It was fucking awesome. I kind of, sort of called it in a text, to Eric, but not really, but sort of. Yeah, I don't know if I could confirm it, but we'll talk about it and everything else later on in the episode. But first, to the byline. It's in, it's an odd goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him, sticks his left leg out, it almost hits his heel, and goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his calf. Got no chance really, the keeper. Astonishing position to get. So soccer annually awards what's called the Golden Boy, which kind of sounds like a pedophile's nickname for his favorite victim, to be honest. But so this it's is like an, a this is an anti-pedophilia podcast, just to be clear. I know he was laughing as he said it. I really, really want to hit home that this is an anti-that-whole-shtick podcast. Right. But so Golden Boy, it's like a pretty prestigious um, award for a young so- male soccer player. Um, Rooney's won it before, Martial's won it before, I'm just naming Man U players at this point. But uh, we have two Americans on the list, which is pretty exciting for the direction of youth soccer. Tim Way and Christian Pulisic, and one guy who should definitely be on there and isn't. I, well, I think Weston's not on there because he has had a bit of an injury play couple of, of months and, and, and hasn't played as much. Uh, had a phenomenal season last year with Shaka, but they weren't in the Champions League, and, and I think he just has had less worldwide publicity than some of the than, you know, other two guys that made it. This was also a list of... A no, you're right. Like, starting week in and week out for a club is definitely, like, shittier than just, like, being on the reserves like Tim Way was all last year for you. Yeah. No, you totally got me, man. Really sick. Really, really <laughs> sick burn there. Hey, you know that, that, that Weston, my boy McKinney, please come on this podcast. Please, please, please. Is, is no, my, I, slid, I tried to slide into his DMs, but he probably like took one look at my picture and he's like, "Who is this ugly piece of trash trying to talk to me?" Like, I think if I, if we were, if one of us was a hot girl, we'd have a lot better success like getting these soccer players. Yeah, but then hot. but then we would be speaking like, of. Do you know any hot girls? So we would then be a twenty five or twenty six year old girl DMing a nineteen year old and twenty year olds. I don't know if that's a good optic either. Dude, imagine if I was a if I, when I was nineteen or twenty and an attractive twenty six year old girl was trying to get on me, I would be all about that. I don't know what's wrong with that optic. Like, I'm not. That's what makes this country great, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a, a good outward out outward optic. But alas, we are neither hot nor women, so we continue to not have Tim Weah, Christian Pulisic, or Weston McKinney come on our podcast. Uh, but we I, I will say being nominated for the Golden Boy this year is kind of irrelevant because that award belongs to Kylian Mbappe. So for, like, if this award doesn't go to Kylian Mbappe, I now just like have lost faith in everything. Well, well, first off, I would like to insert my quick little quip of there's just way too many fucking awards spread out throughout the year in, in soccer. That being said, the Golden Boy is, is one of the ones that just like you know, the Golden Ball and all that stuff I, I can get behind. Um, when when they released the list of the sh- the forty you know guy f- shortlist, I was shocked that there was only there was more than one name on there because Killian, as you said, already has this thing fucking locked up. The cheetah has got his jaws on this one. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to Argentina, very briefly, or Diego Maradona just 
The guy clearly stopped giving fucks a while ago. <laughs> he just said blatantly that, like, Messi should definitely retire from the national team, which is the thing that kind of hurt for Messi. Like, I kind of feel bad for him because, like, your other country's big legend just kind of, like, dumps on you pre- periodically. That's got to suck a little bit. But, like, I, so I didn't see it. In terms, I saw the headline. I didn't really look into it because I, I just – I'm done with Argentina until I have to care about them again, which I never will. Um <laughs> Is he saying that because, like, he's sick of Messi or he understands why Messi would be sick of the Argentinian fans? That's what I was wondering. Is it more of him siding with Messi, saying he should stay away from the national team? Oh, I don't really know. I just kind of saw the he's, quote on Instagram. Depending on, like, depending on the year, day, or, or whatever, you know, upper or downer Maradona's on at the time, he's been very supportive and very against Messi do you think, like, serious question, Maradona has, like, a person, multiple personality disorders issue? Mm, or is it just, like, heavy drug use? I think it's just heavy. I mean, you saw him at the last World Cup. I think it's just heavy drug use. Good for him, though. You know, you do what you want, Maradona. You're a real, you were a really good player. But just, like... Yeah. Uh, now, I can't believe we're talking about this person on the podcast, but Peter Crouch, for those of you who may not know, <laughs> is that awkwardly tall English soccer player who has been around... I swear, like, I don't have a memory of soccer without Peter Crouch <laughs> Donnie, being involved. I don't involved understand with. why you dislike Peter Crouch, but but love Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll is superior in every way to Peter Crouch. I think Andy Carroll and Peter Crouch's wife would get along really well. <laughs> well, funny you say that, because according to Peter Crouch, his wife doesn't like soccer. Uh, this is quoting Crouch now. One day she called me 10 minutes before a game to find out where I was. And, I mean, talk about your lady having no interest in you whatsoever. Yeah, and, and, well, and, and so that's why I think that, that Mrs. Crouch would actually get along with Andy Carroll, who's famous for very much not liking soccer at all. He only does it because he's good at it. Um, and his last sort- – when he was transferred, I think, to Liverpool, um, he – you know, which was one of the larger clubs in England, he, on the way to, to the team, had to look up – who was on his team because he had no idea who he played against week in and week out because he just doesn't care about soccer at all. Uh, you know, it's kind of reminded me, you know, in my previous, you know, dating of girls, yes, I've dated girls, humble brag, at least two that I know of. Less than four by my count. <laughs> um, they're always like, I don't get soccer. Like, what soccer? And I just look at them and I'm like, are you fucking joking? Like, this is the easiest game in the world. Just score goals and offsides. That's, like, all you have to know. Never understood, like, how people just don't – like, how people say, I don't get soccer. Like, what is there to get? I would be terrified of the backlash that your girl impersonation would get us. But I, I have a feeling that of our, like, five listeners, it's it's you, me, and three other dudes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, otherwise Eric would have definitely censored me. <laughs> Moving on now, should we just – Dive into the Premier League. Yeah, we're gonna go run through the the quick a quick recap of the the last league in the European leagues before we head up the uh, UCL. So, what we got in the Premier League? Um, City beat Brighton two zero. Pretty routine win for Manchester City. Uh, Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling amongst the goals there. Some some would be could be surprised that it was only two zero. Yeah. Oh, uh, and, Everton, uh, and oh. Uh, oh. This was actually after the game, like this was this week, but uh, Kevin De Bruyne has been uh, filmed participating in some training drills for City. Yeah, so uh, they, you know, with six wins and a draw in the season, they've really missed his presence, obviously. They've lost, you know, two whole points without him. So um, they're going to be even scarier when he's back. Still good to see uh, an injured player coming back. Absolutely, absolutely. I was just, they're just playing really well. Um, Eric is flossing his teeth right now. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that. Uh, Everton shit-pumped Fulham 3-0. Pretty, uh, pretty routine game for Everton. Was surprised. I was expecting a little bit more of a fight from Fulham, but they kind of got bent over in this one. Oh, yeah. You, you want me to take one now? Oh, cool. <laughs> Sorry. I was a little, break. A little, a little distracted. Uh, so, because I felt really guilty about how, how things have been going for Man United... Um, I officially declared that my number one team, hands down, over any other club that I want in the Premier League is Newcastle, who coincidentally fell 2 nothing to Leicester and are 100% going to be relegated. So I, I don't know if I've moved the curse off of Man United 
or if I've just also engulfed Newcastle in there as well. Yeah, it is not good for Newcastle. Luckily, it's early. There's a lot of games to be played. Their, their opening schedule has been pretty tough. Yes, but it's about to get easy. I think they have Man U this weekend, so that should be a sure win for them. Uh, Tottenham handled business away to Huddersfield with a 2-0 brace by Harry Kane. With 2-0 score with a Harry Kane brace. Uh, Eric, didn't you kind of like Huddersfield too? I do like Huddersfield. I like, I Not like, doing so I like, hot either. I like, I like David Wagner. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> Eric's Premier League prediction as the champion Watford lost 2-0 to Arsenal. Maybe Watford, not favorite to win the title you know, at this point. You're yeah, yeah. You know, a lesser man than myself would would you know say, well, I was just doing joke hot takes. But you know what? I'm fucking digging in Watford for the title. Let's go. And and on a more serious note, I said to you uh, a couple games ago, if Watford win this game, and I think it was maybe against the Man United, against United, I would say they are 100 percent winning the title, and they did not win that game. So. Fuck it. Let's go, Watford. Winning the title, baby. And then, really, the highlight of the weekend was, so far, the Premier League game of the season for me. Chelsea-Liverpool in an open, end-to-end, absolute thriller. Eden Hazard was superior. I mean, he is just on fucking fire right now. Um, my, my biggest question from watching Hazard right now is winter or summer transfer to Real Madrid. Uh, ooh. ooh, Chelsea are not in the Champions League and he won't be cap tied, so he'd be able to play in the Champions League. And they really, really need goals. Oh, yeah, more on that later. And then I thought Chelsea were going to win. I was a Chelsea fan for the day. I was happy, but my God, Daniel Surge, that- like third touch of the ball, is an absolute rocket. I really didn't think he had that in him. I didn't think anybody had that in him. I, I, I was. I, fucking incredible when he went to wind up i was like that's going to go well wide or well over or both and i think that's what the keeper thought too so that game ended 1-1 which has manchester city top of the league on goal difference big winner from that game uh, man city i think that's all that happened in the premier league this weekend yeah yeah no there there you know there is another west ham had a game I, i don't know who they played um, uh, they played a uh, they played a uh, minnow team, a very a lesser squad. I will it, now dub Mourinho United. It's like in Harry Potter, where a ghost is an imprint of a soul left on this pl- on this this planet. It, it it looked like we were watching the imprint of a team. Like I recognized the jerseys and the logo, but I didn't. I, it it wasn't the full. It seems like Mourinho doesn't give a damn. It seems like the players don't give a damn. Ed Woodward certainly doesn't give a damn. I think the Glazers, man, you still fucking pumps money like no other. So the Glazers don't give a shit if they win because apparently we don't need to win to make money, which is kind of frustrating, honestly. I do think Luke Shaw gives a damn. Huh? I think Luke Shaw gives a damn. Luke Shaw gives lots of damn. He is playing his probably kind of clogged heart out. And I'm happy for that. Oh, Rashford did have a sick goal in that game. Oh, yeah. Also, I saw a stat that uh, Alexis Sanchez averaged a turnover in that game once every three minutes. Average? I'm sorry? Alexis Sanchez averaged losing possession once every three minutes in, uh, in that game. Uh, against Valencia, he averaged oh. something very similar because he lost the ball 27 times. Oh, you're right. It was- I could find a kid. I could find a fucking high school Club Donnie, player please stop, in Texas please stop trying who will to not find, lose the ball twenty five fucking times. Please stop trying to find kids. <laughs> Sorry, just looking for the golden boy. <laughs> I really need to um, cut that out. Manu is just a shit show. They have a game up against Newcastle this weekend. If they don't win, I, Mourinho has to be fired. Something has to change. Everyone should be fired, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'll get more into this in the Valencia game as well. But it is just, there's nothing to be happy about. It's like you married a beautiful woman who treats you really well. And 20 years have passed, and she's not as beautiful as she once was, but you don't care. You still love her. Five years passed, and she's not sweet and nice to you. She's just really mean and abusive. It's not the fact that she's not beautiful she, anymore that bothers me. It's the abusive myths that really gets me. Is she mean and abusive, or is she just neglectful and just doesn't care about you and disappointing? No, she's like mean and abusive, and she mocks me physically. 
spiritually. Definitely emotionally. Absolutely emotionally. It's just, but this weekend, uh, yeah, United have Newcastle, Tottenham host Cardiff, Fulham, Arsenal, Southampton, Chelsea, but this is the game. Woo! This is the game I hate every year, but this is going to be a hell of a game. Yeah. Liverpool, Man City, number two versus number one. That's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah. All right. Would be interesting, Moving on. Would be interesting to see a draw there. What would happen with the Chelsea Southampton game? Yeah, you got to favor Chelsea against Southampton. Just a little bit. All right. Yeah. Let's go look at La Liga. This was an interesting uh, couple of games in La Liga. This was a dope week in La Liga. Yeah. Barcelona did not win either of their games. They lost uh, 2-1 to Leganes? Leganes? What do we think that is? is it, I, I, get, I bet it's not Leganes, but I really <laughs> want to call them Leganes. All right, they lost 2-1 to Leganes, and the, the Leganes keeper actually had, a, had a, a, I think, a really cool uh, statement. And he was, because, you know, he plays for a team that we have never heard of before and can't even pronounce. So he says that, you know, we're not used to beating beating clubs that, that are supposed to win. And it's always really cool when they when they upset a team and those players go and shake their hands and congratulate them. And he said that not a single Barcelona player congratulated them or, or talked to them after the match. They were all, as I think you put it, Donnie, ass wipes. Yeah, Barcelona being a bunch of fucking big babies and assholes, what a fucking surprise. <laughs> and and then they followed up that shit fest with a uh, tie to Athletic Bilbao, who's just nipping points off everyone left and right. Yeah, I've been impressed with Bilbao. You know, they're, they're not going to, like, win the fucking title, but they're having strong performances against teams that they should not be having strong performances against. Interestingly enough, since Leo Messi shaved his beard... Barcelona are winless in La Liga. Also interesting enough is that the where they are this year compared to where they were last year when they had Paulinho, night and day. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Never, never forget, little Paul. Um, things have not been, <laughs> been a little bit worse for Real Madrid, who got shit-pumped by Sevilla 3-0. And then they follow that up with a, a 0 0 uh, draw with Atletico Madrid, uh, where uh, Bale did Bale things. And I don't mean scoring great goals. He, uh, he, got, he got hurt. The most predictable thing of the La Liga season happened, and that's that Gareth Bale got hurt. I actually think that's second most predictable. Um, remember how we said at the start of the, the season, where the hell are Real Madrid going to get more goals from because they just shipped out Cristiano Ronaldo? Oh, yeah, having a – oh, well, if you count their Champions League game, they've now gone three game, games without a goal for the first time in over 10 years. So to please continue to tell me that you don't miss Cristiano Ronaldo, Real Madrid. At first, I, Nobody's I, buying at first I thought you were talking to me, and I, I was going to tell you that I, I don't miss Ronaldo. I wish he would get out of my, my Italian league. but. And then Atletico Madrid shit-pumped Huesca and then had that 0-0 game with Real uh, but if things are kind of tightening up at the La Liga table. You got Barca and Real both on 14, Sevilla on 13, and Atletico on 12. So everything's in, every everything's in play except for Atletico Bilbao, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, upcoming games: Real Madrid away to Alavas, Atletico at home hosting Real Betis, and Valencia Barcelona, which. Could be interesting, but Valencia have been kind of dog shit. They have been kind of dog shit. They cannot score a goal to save their life. It's a home game for Valencia, which could definitely be interesting. I mean, I I, I honestly just do not know. We'll see. It's it's still a little early. Um, Obviously, I I have no doubt that one of Barcelona, Real Madrid, or Atletico Madrid are going to win the title. So I'm just happy to see that those three teams are either tied or two points away. Dude, I can hear you fucking chomping your goddamn chips. We literally <laughs> talked about this. Moving on, the not so Bayern Liga. Did we call this one early? Um, we'll see because it's still early. It's too early to say if we called it early. But Bayern Munich tied Osberg one one, then followed that up with a two zero loss to Hertha Berlin. Meaning today, guess who's top of the? Bayern League table, or the, the, uh, the Bundesliga table. <laughs> the fighting Christian Pulisic. Absolutely. Dortmund, 
who had an absolute shit pumping. I mean, no, I can't even call it a shit pumping. That does a disservice to what they did to them. It was a seven nil. I, I don't even know what to call it. It's a it's a seven nil fuck fest. Seven nil uh, fuck fest. Seven nil fuck fest against Nuremberg. Plus they got an assist. Honestly, not so. Maybe How does he only get one assist? That's what I'm thinking. Kind of like funny enough, not a great stat in this one. You know who's been on fire lately? Royce, my my boy Marco Royce. This is it's just amazing to see him. I, I I actually I'm gonna stop talking because I don't want to jinx anything. But Royce looking good, big fan. Feel free to come on the pod. Yeah, I hope it lasts. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. So it was a good good result for for Dortmund. Then um, McKinney Watch Weston did not feature on their one nothing loss to Freiburg. He did make a 60th minute sub for the one nothing win against Mainz. And I think as happy as we are to see Weston back on the pitch, more exciting news about that later on. Uh, there's also a equally exciting thing about Shaka, Donnie. They have points. They finally got motherfucking points. What was that? Their sixth, yeah, yeah. sixth Spoiler match? alert, you kind of need those. <laughs> sixth match. Um, is, is it a coincidence that at the start of the season or the preseason, I declared Shaka my number one Bundesliga team and they are like in the fucking bottom of the, of the table right now? No, it's not a fucking coincidence. It's the curse. Everything you touch goes to shit. Will the curse, will the curse ever run out or is it like, like, I think we need to make a pilgrimage. Oh, I think we need to make a pilgrimage abroad Visit two of soccer's greatest sanctuaries and pay homage. And I think turf, I turf, think turf, then, turf more Burnley and some and, and uh, what Galatasaray in Turkey. <laughs> I think we need to go to two major stadiums in Europe and we need to pay homage and you need to ask for forgiveness. Are you saying I need to repent? Yes. Um, there might be a good number of uh, Catholic churches in Italy we could check out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Vatican City is there too in Italy. I'm not great at geography, but I'm pretty confident about that one. Maybe you can ask the technically you can the, ask the Pope to just you think if the Pope spits on you, that's a good thing or a bad thing. Technically, the v- Vatican is its own sovereign land, and it's not within Italy. It's surrounded by Italy. No, it's it's not in Italy, but it is actually within Italy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not within Italy. It's surrounded by Italy. I think the Pope has the coolest hats. Like, he just has a great wardrobe, but that's not really the point of this podcast. Um, It could could be. I think we have a small enough listener base that we could just shift focus, and they might not even notice. Uh, But back to the table, Dortmund, top of the table with 14 points, Bayern and Hertha tied at 13, and uh, Gladbach, Werder Bremen, and Leipzig all on 11. Yeah, and so I think, the like, like you said, it's too early to tell if we called it too early. Um, but we definitely were wrong when we kept labeling it the boring Liga. Uh, th- this this league definitely has some intrigue and interest to it, and I would love nothing more than to see Bayern get their fucking teeth punched in. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Uh, good upcoming games are Bayern versus um, Gladbach, which is, you know, first versus fourth, so maybe Bayern struggles hopefully continue. Uh, Dortmund play Osberg, and Wolfsburg play Werder Bremen in what I will dub the Green W Derby. What about, so, the, what about the Green Dub Derby? The Green what? The Green Dub Derby. The Green Dub Derby? I like that. Just the green Dub Derby? Derby? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Eric, w- would you like to – we were just talking about it. Would you like to take us to Vatican – hey, you know which team in Syria the Pope likes? Enlighten me. No, I was uh, – I don't fucking know. I was asking you. Why I, the fuck would I know that? Why, why the fuck would I know that? I'm not Catholic. Dude, Syria is like your gym jam. Like if England had not, a Pope – well, he's from, I would know what he's from, he he's from Argentina, so I'm thinking that you know, you know, the Pope isn't. It's not Italy's Pope. It's the world's Pope. I understand it's the world's Pope, but like <laughs> Syria is like in his fucking backyard. No, it's within his backyard. It's not in his backyard. Using Honestly, your words there. moving on now. Please just take us to Syria. Okay. First off, first off, he's Argentinian, so he probably has an Argentinian club he supports. Uh, second off. Roma, so starting off with the weekend, actually, we'll start with the, the, the midweek games before the weekend games last week. 
Uh, all the big clubs won their midweek games except for Milan, but I don't really know if I can even count Milan as a big club anymore. We're, we're kind of that that like, oh yeah, they can qualify for Europa League maybe. So Juve, Roma, Inter, Lazio, Napoli all won their midweek game. Milan went up on their midweek game like like really really early on, and then they shat the bed and, and got a draw. Moving on to the weekend game, we had a couple really good matchups. Roma and Nat- Roma Lazio played, Juve Napoli played. Uh, Roma kind of after we were shitting all over them last podcast. Uh, had a sh- won their mi- their midweek game like four nothing, and they topped Lazio here three one, which is a really good result for them. Uh, Juve continued to be one of the only I think two perfect teams in all of European competition, and that would be with a three one win over Napoli. Inter- I thought Napoli had a good go of it in terms of uh, you know it's the high press that they have, the buzzing around. I really thought they played well. I think they went one man down. Yeah, which they, didn't help their cause. But I mean, wait, Napoli wait, wait, going going down a man isn't going to help someone's cause. Uh, but they showed a lot of promise. I think in terms of just going forward, there were good signs in that game. But it's just going to take the players a little bit of time to adjust to Don Carlo's system. And what I think it comes down to it it's they're going. Napoli is going to need other teams like Inter, Lazio, Roma, Milan to chip points away at Juve while Napoli cleans up those. Just because I think Juve, the way Juve, the, the talent Juve has, um, they're, they're built to, to beat Napoli. Like, they just are. Um, I agree. I, I agree they are. But I will be interesting about the tactics in the second leg just because while talent, player for player, no doubt Juve is a better team, coach for coach, oh, no doubt Carl Ancelotti can make adjustments. And if anyone can get a result with an inferior squad, I really do think it's him. Yeah, so that, that's that, that's all I'm coming from. Yeah, that, that, I mean that that is a, a I think a great point. He Don Carlo outclasses Max Allegri by far. Uh, Inter finally starting to beat. Oh wait, uh, I want to make a quick comment on the Juve Napoli game. Sorry, please. Uh, Ronaldo did not score, but he assisted two of the three goals, and he sort of assisted the third goal in that he shot it, keeper saved it, hit off the post, and then fell to a guy. So like we'll call it two and a half assists, just for the Ronaldo watch. Okay, that's fair. I, I, yeah, we can give him some sort of fake assist on that last one. Um, Inter finally beating the lower class teams. They, 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 they took down Cagliari to nothing, which is the team that Milan was leading, and then gave up the lead to draw. So, um, really disappointed to see Inter succeed where Milan could, couldn't. But Milan had a really crucial game uh, on the weekend. Going up against Sassuolo, who was I think third or f- tied third on the table at the start of that that match, and uh, Milan without a proper striker, all three of their striker choices were were not fit to to go full ninety. Ended up shit pumping Sassuolo four one, which is a big one. Yeah, I actually ended up watching the entire second half on my toilet, conducting a shit pumping of my own, so to speak, on my For phone. A full forty five minutes. It was for like a good portion of it. Like I kind of, I came in like a fifty-five, and I like got up at eighty-five because like once I was invested in the game, I just sort of sat there. Well, I hope you're okay, man. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that Kessie goal though, where he just runs seventy yards that was and is a- like, like should I pass it? Nope. That is everything I love about soccer. Like recognize that your teammates are donkeys, and that like this isn't specific to Kessie. This is just individuals in general. That you are better than all of them. Never fucking pass that thing. Dribble. Dr- Beat the man, dribble, beat another man, beat the first man again, and then fucking score a beauty. I love that. So what was kind of funny and a little bit concerning when you kind of extrapolate it is that all four of Milan's goals were just great individual efforts. There was no team play goal on in this one. And um, my fear is that, that that's going to be the offense moving forward, which is very much concerning because up until this game – Every time somebody would try to go it on their own, do a fantastic goal, we would not score, and then we would draw or lose. So a little concerned, but it was great for this this game. Uh, Milan, still the only club in Syria not to record a clean sheet, which is not good for a league that I tout as being very, very, very defensively sound and, and tactically strong. 
Oh, and quick table recap. Juve um, are at 21 points, being perfect through seven games. Napoli in second at 15 points. Fiorentina, which is a team that I've talked about as being a, a fun, if you have no no skin in the game, try supporting Fiorentina. They're, they're an exciting team. They're tied third with Inter at 13 points. Then Lazio's in seventh. Roma's in ninth. Uh, Milan are in 11th place, nine points, but they they do have a game in hand. So there's still it's still really early to be freaking out, um, which naturally means that I'm freaking out. I think um, for, I've watched a lot of Milan games in um, this season because ESPN made it fucking easy finally to watch Serie A. Yeah, thank God we're done being sport. Um, and I think that Gattuso. Milan's coach and club legend made a great comment that the results don't reflect the way they've been playing. And I totally agree with that. I actually think they've been playing like really good soccer, but it's like a fluke penalty here or just like one miscue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no. Like, I, yeah. I, it's... I, I actually think Milan, I'm very, you know, I've had them in my top four, Serie A top four, and I still feel very good about that pick going forward. What, what concerns me is, is the fact that with the exception of this last Sassuolo game, when Milan go up by one, it's 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 almost like they shut down. They don't they, you know they shut down offensively with just like okay now we have to play defense and, and get the win. Whereas you know when you get that one nothing win, you have to make the make your opponent pay on the counter. And there's just been a lack of clinical finishing when we have the lead that that I want to see you know reversed for obvious reasons. But I I think Lazio Roma and Inter have all had issues. I don't think Fiorentina is going to be a, you know, season long contender. Although I've said it several times, they have a lot of exciting young talent. So you never know. Uh, but I, I see that obviously Juve and Napoli are going to finish one and two, but three, four, five, six, seven, and eight are all still wide open. Yeah. Uh, any interesting upcoming games? Uh, there's two. I think uh, Napoli, Sassuolo, very interesting. We've mentioned that Sassuolo was, you know, kind of an upstart, surprising team this year. Um, I think they're in fifth place in the, in the on the table, or you know, around fifth or sixth, just behind uh, Fiorentina and Inter. And they 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 play they go and play at Napoli, which is going to be a tough game for them, but but point a result they will need to get if they want to continue to to kind of challenge and surprise people. And then one that I'm really curious about is this Lazio Fiorentina. We've just been talking about how Fiorentina is surprising people in third place and Lazio is down in seventh, but they're they're only one point apart, uh, which just tells you how clogged up everything is right after Juve's all the way up in the lead. And that now takes us to your league on report. Eric from the streets of Paris, please. Oui, oui, Donald from the streets of Paris. PSG won midweek and weekend matchup. They are still perfect. Also, did uh, oh, uh, Pierre, did uh, Mbappe do anything, or is he still suspended for that red card? I don't believe he's still suspended. Or I think he came back, but I didn't see goals by Mbappe. Not not in, in the PSG, not in the in league uh, matches. Uh, more Neymar goals, and I think a Di Maria. But you know, more importantly, not or Nantes, did not win either of their midweek or weekend matchups. They <laughs> lost and they drew, but our boy Matty Miazga played the full 90 for both. All right, I'm and, happy with that. And he got yellow cards in both, and that's the kind of defense that I can get behind. All righty. Leaving uh, the domestic league behind, it's time to enter the exciting world of the Champions League where we had a hat trick of hat tricks. The Champions! I love that theme song. It's like dun 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 And then at the very end, the Champions League, sponsored by Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in group Wait, a, Donnie, did you say we had a hat trick of hat tricks? Yeah, three. Fascinating stuff. All right, let's break it uh, down. Yeah. So we're just gonna we're not gonna go in the order of the games what played we're just gonna go in group order because I think that just makes more sense. Yeah, if you want us to go in the order of like Tuesday, Wednesday, 
you guys can get the fuck out. You, you can go shuffle. But wait, out. don't actually get the fuck out. We yeah, can't no, afford to lose listen. any listeners. I was going to say, feel free to, to skip forward and skip back as, as you think that we're going to cover the games. Cause we're going down in order of, of a through, I think it was F I J. What does it end with? H it ends with H. There we go. It's always ended with H. I don't know. I don't do math. All right. Group, you... group a, we got Dortmund and Monaco. Yeah, Dortmund just took a shit all over Monaco. Uh, your boy Royce got a nice goal there at the end. Our boy Pulisic, unfortunately, out with a what we I thought was going to be a nasty calf injury, but only looks one to two weeks, so I maybe think, not too bad. I think the uh, the the reports maybe a little clickbaity made it sound much worse. They were saying like torn calf muscle, but I think they're saying it's like a, a slight or partial tear within the calf muscle, and and yeah, they're expecting one to two weeks. They said it could be longer, but it sounds like uh, Dortmund's not terribly concerned. I just thought about this. If a, like this doesn't relate to Christian Pulisic in any way, just in soccer injuries in general. Like, what if like a guy had a really embarrassing injury, like a torn like testicle, like a testicle torsion, or like a torn foreskin? Would they call it something else to just protect the guy's privacy a little bit? Or do you think they just come out like Mourinho would definitely just say, "Oh yeah, so and so like twisted his foreskin." Okay, first I twisted his foreskin, I, Donnie. I don't know. I don't want to know what you're doing to get injured. Uh, I don't have a foreskin. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but I think they would go with some sort of vague, you know, oh, he's 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 held out with, you know, muscular issues or just like random vagities that, that, that they're not telling you any part of the body. Whenever I, I read an injury report and it's like I'm reading it and I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm like, that dude hurt his penis. Um. <laughs> uh- in the other game, you had a Griezmann, or I'm sorry, Atletico Madrid and Club Bruges, where Griezmann had a brace plus some coke. I don't mean cocaine, I mean coke had a goal in there too, and they got a 3-1 win. Um, your, your, your take for Monaco to progress out of the group is not looking It's so not looking good. great, considering that Dortmund and Atletico are sitting on six points, and Monaco and uh, Club Bruges are on zero points. So it's not a great look for for that take. Like I said when we did this last week, I would nothing would make me happier than to be wrong and for Pulisic and friends to make it out of the group. But also, there's still quite a few games left for that to to change. Six, six games left. That's quite a few. Uh, moving on to Group B, where Barcelona really hammered Tottenham four two behind the Leo Messi brace, which means his beard curse is only a La Liga thing and it's not affecting their Champions League play. Also, Every time Tottenham tried to come back into this game with a goal, Messi just scores again. It was just, it was pretty bad. It's man. kind of like when you, you see like, like uh, you know, uh, you know, those like national geographic shows or animal planet shows, like the, the dominant predator kind of playing with its food, playing with its prey. That's what Barcelona did to Tottenham. It's like they, they have the game in hand then they let Tottenham think that they were they were making a game out of it, and they're just like, no, 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 no. This is this has been done for a while. And this this just makes me think of like our our thing about Pochettino, Tottenham's manager. It's like we both agree he's a good manager, but is he ever going to win anything he, at Tottenham? Is he a clutch manager? Is he a clutch manager? Is he a a winner in the trophy sense? Is he a leader of men? I think he's a leader of men. I don't think that's the issue. They just can't get a trophy. Okay, well, I mean, so, so what some could say, yeah, he's he's a, he could be a good tactician, he you know, great player developer, and and, and you know, understanding all, all that fun stuff. But does he have what it takes to get every ounce out of his players? Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying now. And that's what I meant by leader of men. I understand. That no, as, I totally, I get that now. I said that as a manager, he is leading men. Like I, I, I get that part. Um, I, I think I took it slightly too literally. You, you definitely did. It's okay though. Um, um, Tottenham not looking move. not looking good, but who is looking good, much to my chagrin. Inter Milan. Yeah, they got a two one win over the Dutch side PSV with an Acardi winner on a pretty shitty PSV goalkeeping error. Is that his second winner in two games for Champions League, dude? Yes, sir. It's almost like somebody or two of us have been saying that he's a really good player. And, and I don't know. Maybe Argentina, if they wanted to win games, would actually call up a player like Cardi. Yeah, no fucking kidding. 
Uh, that leaves the group B at Barca with six points, Inter with six points, Spurs and PSV with zero points, which my take of Tottenham progressing out of the group, not looking so good. Um, this makes the upcoming, uh, in a couple of weeks, Barca Inter game really exciting. Really fascinating. Um, and yeah, so if you're Spurs, you got to be hoping that Barcelona wins that game, right? Because you got to figure they, they fancy their chances at, at overtaking Inter more than they do overtaking Barcelona. Yeah. But Tottenham are going to have to beat PSV, and I honestly don't know if, if, if they've got it in them right now. Yeah. All right. Speak, that takes speaking us to, of PSV, let's go to Group C. And Donnie, what about PSG? Oh, fucking A, man. If I, if I had the ability to make edits and I wasn't an absolute Neanderthal with technology, I would figure out a way to edit that. That was so bad. But you know what else was bad? Red Star Belgrade's performance in that game. PSG fucked the communism right out of those Russians. I mean, 6-1. I think what we call that a fuckfest. Yeah. At that point? Yeah. That was a fuck fest. Um, Technically, 7-0 <laughs> is what we called the fuck fest, but I'll give it five five goal wins and up. That's fine. Five goal wins and up. Three goal wins is a shit pump, and four goal wins, I think, is just a shit pump as well. It's just like a, a heavy shit pump. He- heavier shit pump. Um, Neymar hit a hat trick and had two free kicks, I think. Right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, that's but per- Mbappe that's had a goal and an assist, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, hate Neymar, love Mbappe. More importantly, what about that Napoli-Liverpool game? Okay, this is what I'm talking about. The fucking tactician. Liverpool has this... Every, every, all the pundits, all the media, all the Man U haters, you're all just getting on your knees, happily gagging on Klopp and Liverpool's dick and their vaunted offense. You know how many shots they had in that game against Napoli? Four. You know how many on target? Zero. Which means I could have fucking been the Napoli goalie in that game and we still would have kept a clean sheet. Um, you know, I, I'm just glad to see after like 10 podcast episodes where I mentioned that Italian defenses, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's an art to the Italian defense and all this shit. And like, I just feel like I haven't been seeing that in, 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 in the games that they've been playing. This right here was, I think, a throwback, maybe an homage to the 90s and 2000s, just Italian team defense, not not parking the bus, but just a structure that you are, you know where you need to be, and that gives your teammate confidence to know that he can he can stay where he needs to be. And it was just well well fucking done. Also, ninetieth minute, Insigne. zero zero, step up. Your your Italian boy, what's his name? Lorenzo Insigne. Yeah, what a uh, I was fucking ecstatic when he scored that goal. Um, it's fun but, watching but Napoli's score high. Goal, yeah. Napoli's defense literally starts with their offensive players yeah. pressing so high up, and Liverpool were like Jurgen Klopp was absolutely outclassed, and Liverpool were outclassed in this game. Is, I love you, which Carlo Ancelotti. Fascinating because uh, you know Liverpool is really well known the last couple seasons for bringing that Geigen pressing, high high pace, very very high press in the Premier League, and it's like they weren't ready to face a high press from from Napoli. Yeah, so that group standing right now is Napoli on four points, Inter on three points, PSG on, I'm sorry, I said Inter, Liverpool (laughs) on three points, PSG on three points, and uh, the Russians on one point. Uh, This really, this this Napoli-PSG game in a couple weeks is going to be huge, and I'm really excited for that one too. Let's go Napoli, baby. Yeah, yeah. Eric, would you like to take us to Group D? Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Uh, we had a massive shocker. The best team in the best league did not win their game. Uh, more importantly, they actually lost. Porto stunned Galatasaray. one nothing. Holy hell. I was fucking speechless. I mean, a result like that for Galatasaray, just, you know, probably a Champions League favorite. Time doesn't f- come along. You, fu- you fire your manager immediately, right? Yeah, you, how how do you lose with that squad from that league? That's like it's unbelievable. That's like, that's like Virginia dropping to to UMBC. Shout out to Megan Servage who cheered for Virginia instead of cheering for UMBC <laughs> that entire game. By the way, well, you know, in in order for us to have heroes, we have to have villains. And Megan, you just made my all time villain list. You're you you've slotted in right in between, uh, fucking Voldemort and Hannibal Lecter. Wow. Also, wow. more fucking importantly, America's back, baby. Weston motherfucking McKinney with the one nothing winner for Shaka. 
against Locomotive Moscow. <laughs> I literally texted Eric before the game, really hope he gets a screamer. He didn't get a screamer, but header to win it, I'll absolutely take it. That's fucking his first Champions League start a couple weeks ago, assist. Second Champions League start, goal. Also, you gotta love that. This was his first competitive goal with Shaka. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, right? Not 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 just the, you know his his first goal, not just a, a, a game winner, but a game winner in Champions League when the team has kind of been in a bit of a slump to start the season. But it wasn't just a game winner. Like you can get the game winner in like the fifth minute. This was an eighty third. This was eight game winners eighty and on are more meaningful than game oh, winners God, before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, game winner no after the 80th minute. Also, he was named man of the match, not just for this game winner, but he just had a great showing in the midfield all game long. For those of you who choose to fondle Will Trapp's testicles, uh, I want you to like just watch them play one day. Watch a game of Will Trapp and watch a game of Weston McKinney. Watch what a 25-year-old, how a 25-year-old in MLS doesn't have one-fifth of the talent of a 19-year-old who plays for a, in the biggest league of winning out and is playing in the Champions League. Like, I don't know how you cannot see that. I don't know how people can't see that putting players in the European leagues is the best way for us to win the World Cup. I just don't know how they don't see that. That's why we need to get our boy Tyler Adams over to Europe as soon as possible. Because then we can fucking kick Will Trapp to the curb, have Tyler Adams be that defensive you know, midfielder in front of the back four. And then you put McK- Ah, Yeah, yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll fucking get there. We're going, baby. Choo-choo. Let's go, Weston. Uh, quick table update. Porto, shockingly in first at four points. Shaka, tied for first in four points. Galatasaray at three and Moscow at zero. Yeah, so uh, we're both kind of fucked here because I had Galatasaray Porto, you had Galatasaray Shaka, so we kind of, Galatasaray's fucking us both right now. Yeah, but I'd rather it be Porto Shaka because then I'll at least beat you with picking Shaka. I would happily lose this uh, this this little game between us for Weston McKinney to advance. You know this to be true. Well, yes, and, and the you know for me, my pick Weston Weston would advance already. So I like that, dude. What is going on with Bayern? Uh, I think really they are kind of shitty. <laughs> they tied with Ajax one one. Are they just like sad? Are they just like a bunch of sad boys? I don't know if they're sad boys or if they're just like realizing that like when Arjan Robin and Frank Ribery are like 45 years old, Aren't you maybe have to like update that, some of your personnel eventually. Like, like those guys have been around. Like when did they win the Champions League, like 2012, 2013, something like that. That was like set five years more ago. Importantly, they were there before. They've been there long before that. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure they've been around since I started following soccer. That's yeah, how- I just. I don't know. You just need to you just need to maybe like freshen up the wings a little bit, get some pace, and they're like I mean they're still quick for their age. Don't get me wrong, but they're also getting old. Well, yeah, they're. I think they're closer to yeah they're they are just they're just old men and they're getting old men results by tying IX one one and nothing against IX a fantastic program great historic club. But their size and their structure are they're not built to compete with the giants of the game. Yeah. He and said, then the other game was he, like, sa- he says <laughs> as Ajax is in first place in their group right now. <laughs> uh, the other uh, game was an absolute uh, just offensive like back and forth. It was a three two shootout basically where Benfica prevailed over uh, the Greece club AEK Athens. Yeah. Uh, Bummer for Athens, sitting on zero points after dropping 3-2 in that one. But, you know, that's that's the kind of game that just a casual observer, observer would really enjoy watching because it's just a lot of goals, and goals are fun. Yeah, this uh, this um, group is very competitive, though, with the top three so far after the first two games because you have Ajax and Bayern both on four points and Benfica right behind them on three. Yeah, and as we get through, like, you know, three, four, five games in you know in the group stage, Bayern is going to build a lead and comfortably be in first, but that Ajax-Benfica competition for second place advancement is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, This takes us to Group F, where Lyon and Shakhtar Donetsk play to a 2-2 tie, followed by Hoffenheim, who gave City a run for a while. It was 1-1. I thought City was going to tie at 1-1, but eventually David Silva got the winner for Baldi and the crew. Yeah. Uh, good, Good showing by Hoffenheim. Very good showing. So they, they, you know, you could argue that they deserved some kind of points out of this, but at the end of the day, City just had a little, little too much in the tank for them to hold on. 
Um, Lyon sitting at, at first place right now, four points. City at three. Shakhtar Donetsk, which is just a fun team to name, name to say, is uh, second is third place with two. Hoffenheim last place in with one point. So you know it's we're two games into the into the group stage. Way too early to to rule any of these teams through or out. With that said, that said, City is definitely through. Yeah, I think City will end up going through annoyingly enough, um, and then probably Leon. Yeah, after that. Uh, Group, Group G, G had some interesting uh, developments. Wow. Um, in the second minute, Moscow get a goal, and they hold on to that shit against Real Madrid for dear life to win <laughs> 1-0. Uh, so once again, we are seeing um, Real failing to score goals and struggling to score goals. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, first time in 10 years they've gone – uh, three consecutive games without scoring, and uh, spoiler alert: Ronaldo was there for the last nine years. So interesting, and with Bale going down and Benzema in a drought, and Marco Asensio maybe not being as good of a player for ninety minutes as he is for coming on for those last twenty. I'll tell you what, he was phenomenal. <clears throat> like coming in when when the his entire opponents were all gassed from playing, you know, sixty to eighty minutes. Oh, okay. Speaking of Asensio, gotta gotta plug this in. Uh, some reporter, an absolute donkey of a human being, a true, a true just dumbass, asked Zlatan Ibrahimovic recently in an interview if Marco Asensio was better than Leo Messi. And why, why did he ask that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even like that's there's that's like a. You know, I understand that at a certain level, like, skill is subjective, but, like, at that level, that is not a subjective, that is an objective, there's an objective was, right was, answer What was that. his answer? Zlatan's answer was, my nose is longer than Asensio's career. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping for one of his classic responses, the lion does not concern himself with the sheep, but, but that, that's a good one too, Zlatan. Yeah, so he's, he's always great for a good line. Zlatan, who just turned thirty-seven, said once again, "I'm like I'm like a fine wine. I get better with age." Yeah, I mean he's fucking tearing up MLS. Yeah, way, way to go, buddy. Um, anytime you want to come on the podcast. You oh, the playoffs start soon. We may want to start like mentioning MLS. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't doesn't sound good to you MLSers out there. Orlando didn't make it, so I'm okay. <laughs> FC Dallas, number one in the West, and we're moving on. Um, Roma shit pumped Pleasant Victoria, or I'm sorry, uh, Victoria Pleasant. Pizza, Victor Pizan. I'm gonna call it Pleasant Victoria. I think you missed the um, there, but yeah, it's okay. I went to high school with a Victoria. She was very pleasant. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So five nothing. That that um, classifies as a fuck fest. And uh, yeah, that that's a fuck fest. Ed, our boy Ed and Jekko with it with a hattie. Love that. That's the uh, second Hattie of these of this Champions League match week, which we love. Cool story. Justin Kluvert got his first ever Champions League goal. For those of you who have maybe read up on soccer history or talked to your dads about soccer, his dad, Patrick Kluvert, was a great player in the 90s who played uh, for Ajax, Milan, Barcelona. He was a Dutch striker, uh, won a Champions League with Ajax in the 94-95 season. So it was, it was, I think they might be the second father-son duo to do this, the other one being Johan Cruyff and his son, Jordi Cruyff. Huh. Fascinating. Yeah, Jordi Cruyff played for uh, Barcelona and, spoiler alert, Manchester United. <laughs> because they all play for Man United. Just wait, That's though. Once, once Tim Weah scores a Champions League goal, he'll, he'll join that father-son duo. Yeah, I think those are the only two, though, that I know of. Um, did Zidane's shitty kid ever score in the Champions League? I don't think so. Yeah. So, anyway, cool story. But who would have thought that after two games, CSKA Moscow, the most successful of the Putin teams, is on four points. Real and Roma both tied on three, and Pleasant Victoria on one. I don't know what's more shocking, that, that CSKA Moscow's got four points, or that Victoria Pleasant has one point. Um <laughs> What's not shocking is that Real continues to fail to score goals because guess what? If you and I could have called that from our fucking couches here in here in Texas, uh, figure your shit out, buy Hazard or something. I don't really care. 
Oh, Mos- don't figure your shit out and crumble, yeah, honestly. That, that's fair, too. Uh, but Moscow's going, not going to keep up this pace. At least they're not going to stay number one, I don't think. Um, Real, no. Real's going to get, figure their shit out, and it's going to come down to Mos- you know, Putin versus Roma. And now we finish things off with Group H. Eric, Juventus, and Young Boys. Yeah, so Young Boys, the team that got shit pumped by, by Man United, went up against a... Ronaldo-less Juventus. Uh, apparently it was not a problem because what that allowed for Juve to do was, you know, elevate one of their, you know, one of the most talented y- young players in the game, uh, Paolo Dybala, who, oh, just put up a fucking hat trick. So Juve win 3-0 on a, on a Dybala hat trick. I think he's, uh, might be like the youngest Champions League player to get a hat trick. I think he's like 19 or 20 years old or something like that. Jesus Christ, that's badass. Yeah, it could be a couple years off, but he looks... Look at the picture of this kid. He looks like he's fucking 15. No, oh, yeah, yeah. He does like look like he should be shoved in a high school he, locker, he no looks, doubt. He looks like he would be Jordan Pickford's older brother. <laughs> um, I Honestly, I, I feel bad for young boys because like they didn't really deserve to be thrown in this group for their first ever Champions League. Why couldn't they have been given like, you know, the Porta Shaka Galatasaray... Uh, oh, you want to put them against Galatasaray? That's not much better. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this, this is, they, they really got, I mean, th- those young boys are really getting shafted. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to take the lead on this last game or do you want to take the lead on it? I, I don't know what would be kinder. Honestly, I deserve this. I, 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 I will do this. Uh, well, Mourinho United had a game against Valencia at Old Trafford. And let me tell you what, for 70 minutes, I would have rather watched paint dry than watch this game. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Then in the last 20 minutes, the menu players were like, oh, hey, like maybe we should take some pride. In-. Except for Luke Shaw, who was phenomenal throughout the game, continues to be phenomenal. Everything negative I say about Luke Shaw, I want it to be known that er, about Manu does not apply to Luke Shaw. He has literally busted his ass every fucking game, he's, and he is flying on that left flank. He's the human embodiment of the uh, that the saying the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, the exception being he's the only Manu player who gives a shit. The rule being none of the players give a shit. Uh, but in the last twenty minutes, they kind of cared a little bit and tried. Nothing happened. End zero zero. Obviously, you, I've told you that Manu needs to get rid of Ed Woodward. Needs to who's the executive needs to get rid of Jose Mourinho because he apparently everyone hates him now because I told you if he, Pogba has so many friends in the dressing room with Rashford, Lingard, Lukaku, I told you this, what yeah. happens if you alienate Pogba? You alienate a lot of the team. And then that just kind of, so he, everyone pretty much hates Josie. I bet Luke Shaw still kind of hates Josie for all the fat jokes. There's like, no, no way Josie. Luke Shaw could not hate Jose Mourinho. He was so mean there, to him for so long. Manu is just... Shit, like I said, I really think if he might get fired, if he doesn't like really not just beat Newcastle but play well and just figure out this shit. I mean, I think Berbatov said it's best when it's like you know why are why is Josie airing out all this dirty laundry? Like drama happened under Sir Alex, but he kept that shit in house. Yeah. Uh, That being said, usually what you see. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Usually, with the dirty laundry being aired, usually it's. A discontented uh, that you know, player is the one that that's going behind the manager's back and airing the shit. You don't often see the manager going and just airing all this shit with when the players are keeping it quiet. Exactly, it's weird. It's it's, um, it's just weird. That being said, just a little perspective. Manu has more points in the Champions League than any other English side. Very interesting to think about. Um, just to play devil's advocate, you could say this is one of the easier groups of that an English team has. Obviously, you. Oh no, no, no doubt. We haven't played Juventus yet. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. It's also, I'm yes. just saying. It goes back to my the it's, bias against Man United. Yes. the media bias. It's just math, but, but yeah, you know, drawing drawing to Valencia and losing one nothing to Napoli are, I think. You could make an argument for one is worse than the other. Uh, I'll yes, let- and it's definitely drawing Valencia. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, 
Don't worry. Think, I'm sure Manu will be third in the group soon as we have back-to-back match weeks against Juventus. Uh, cool game, though. The, the, both games I'm excited for. The first one coming up in a couple weeks being... Sorry about that really loud sound. My clothes are dry, apparently. Uh, but Manu versus Juventus, Ronaldo's suspension lifted. It's at Old Trafford. It'll be the second time he's played at Old Trafford in a competitive game since his that'll departure. Be, and I think the fans, the, really the fans are going to appreciate that. And I will say this: the fans were rocking at Old Trafford on um, during the Valencia game. I mean, they were. Yeah. They had. I haven't heard them that rowdy in a while, and they were really giving it a go. Sometimes I'm very critical of the fans, personal myself, but. Credit to the fans for being the only ones who don't seem to be apathetic right now. Uh, yeah, it was, and, and it'll be really cool to watch Ronaldo go home. You know, I think we're all looking forward to that. We were all rooting for that suspension to be lifted, so glad to see that. Um, and Donnie, as bad as, as you might feel about, about the Champions League performances, you could be saying to yourself, I wonder what time my club plays on Thursday because we're in the goddamn Europa League. So it could always be worse. You could always be a Milan fan. I am a Milan fan. But I mean, like, above all else. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. But I don't know. It's it's really not great to be... It's, just, it's, just not, it's not great to be associated with Eric Gates in any sporting capacity. No. Specifically soccer. Yes, soccer sporting. Dude, if this... Nope, this curse can't bleed over into other things. We need we need to pay homage quickly. We need to make our pilgrimage. Yep, we're going to Turf Moor. We're not going to fucking Turf Moor. You don't want to go see Burnley play? No! Could like, could like Bur- Burnley Watford. That would actually be like a really fun atmosphere. <laughs> I actually think that would be fun. I totally agree with you. Like having some, what do they call it? Some pints? Yeah, some pints. And just being shit-faced? Yeah, and like... Possibly just getting and then, and then having our eyes open to European racism, yeah, it would be a great time. And then after that, we go straight to fucking Newcastle. We party with the goddamn Jordies at the tune. Uh, well, we ended on a menu note, so I'm now tragically depressed. Technically, I turned it and we ended on, a, on an AC Milan note because uh, I wanted you to to sh- to know that people share your depression. Um, no, uh, no mailbag for douchebags this week. A little disappointed. Wait, in our- that, that's partially our fault, partially the fans' fault. We haven't really been big soliciting lately. We've both been a little busy. That's We're going to get back to putting time into the pod. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm about two. I'm about two bad weeks away from having a come to Jesus talk with Eric over here. Maybe we'll go to the Vatican for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcast and. If you would like to rate us, that would be good too. Uh, it's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send send us your emails. Uh, you can reach us at ownglepodcast ownglepod at gmail uh, Follow us on on the Twitter at ownglepodcast. Just ownglepod again. Fuck, I'm way off. Uh, we have that face Facebook page ownglepodcast. That one I'm sure of. <laughs> so Gmail. So so email us. Uh, ongoalpod at gmail.com tweet at us at ongoalpod you can also follow you know myself although I never tweet anything um, yeah Donnie too yeah but. yeah and please just, uh, just try to keep spreading the word and sharing us if you listen we'd really appreciate that yeah uh, until then hope you guys enjoy the games coming up this week and we'll talk to you later bye Mr. J Wanna kill the bad man? Come on, let's paint the town. I never see you anymore. Come out the door, your smells become a frown. We used to be a duo, and now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Do you wanna kill the bad man? It doesn't have to be the bad man. Go away, Harley. Okay, bye. Do you want to kill the bad man? 
Oh, we can rob a jewelry store. I think some company is overdue. I started talking to my new best friend next door. Hi, Ivy. It gets a little lonely just waiting around. I wish you would bust me out. getting kind of long they say i should leave i didn't want to because i love you but this is wrong i'm moving in with ivy she actually cares i guess this means we're through but if you wanna kill the batman <laughs> <laughs> 